This video is an explanation by Michael Ellis of what Schutzen and IPO are. If you are interested, you can get a more detailed explanation in an article I've written on my website. Michael does an excellent job of discussing the type of dog that competes in Schutzen and IPO. The footage was filmed in California at the Michael Ellis School for Dog Trainers. Michael offers courses in protection training, which you can read about on his website. On the first day of week one, he explains the various dog sports and how the rules of these sports have helped produce specific types of dogs to compete in those sports. Last week, we discussed the KNPV. In coming newsletters, we're going to cover the other European dog sports, specifically the Belgian ring sport, the French ring sport, and the Mondial ring sport. The German system is Schutzend are now there's an international version that's exactly the same thing basically called IPO uh, and you see everyone is basically playing they recently if you in the last few years standardized the rules there used to be subtle differences in the rules in IPO you did slightly different the, the sport looked the same but there were slightly different things in handling rules and stuff like that and that's those, those two have come together so if you see Schutzend abbreviated in titles and things on paperwork and that stuff is SCHH one, two, or three, there are three levels. Or IPO, one, two, or three, they're interchangeable. They're talking about the same thing. So outside of Germany, they don't say Schutzen. And actually, with, uh, in recent years, they've, in Germany, they've changed. They don't call it Schutzen anymore either. They call it VPG or something, something more politically correct. They decided to not continue to call. Um, it's Schutzen means protection dog, basically, and they didn't want the protection dog connotation. I guess there's some political pressure from uh, the Green Party in Germany not to, not to emphasize the protection portion of it, uh, bringing people kind of down on the sport. And so they've kind of changed, and I don't, I'm not, I don't remember what it means, but they've changed the abbreviation for it in a bunch of circles in, in Germany. And they call the VPG. What's yeah, yeah. So, so they've they've altered it for political reasons, but it's exactly the same sport. Everything's the same, <laughs> and so and Schutzend um, is uh, was originally a breed suitability test. So the job of the the judge has a lot of leeway in Schutzend to evaluate what's going on in the dog's head based on external signals, especially in the protection work. Right? So the judge looks at the dog and he's supposed to say, okay, the dog's barking this way, he's biting this way, he's going fast, he's showing control. These things all signal confidence. And this dog's breed-worthy and not breed-worthy. So that's the way it started. And it tests tracking ability. So there's a tracking portion, there's an obedience portion with, that has uh, extensive healing, obedience exercises, retrieves, some jumps, uh, some stuff like that, and then a protection portion with a search for the helper, he finds and barks, uh, and catching an escaping guy, defending itself against being attacked, control, transporting the guy, bad guy to the judge, and along what they call a courage test, where you send the dog at a distance onto somebody that's coming at them, showing threat. Right? And it was basically supposed to be sort of a well-rounded test of, a do of, of working dog abilities. Test some scenting, test the fact that they're obedient and agile, and test their courage and commitment in protection. But because it wasn't designed to be a sport, the judge has a huge amount of leeway in what he, how he reads a dog. So if the judge reads your dog when it comes into the blind to bark as weak, 
because it's squeaking instead of woof, woof, woofing, then you might get a terrible score uh, in Schutzen. And what happened is over the years, Schutzen went from being a brood suitability test to being uh, a sport. And now if you go to the, the highest levels, you go to a championships, the top 20 people are all within a couple of points of each other. Like in, there's a 10 points separating first from 50th at the world championships. It's very, very tight. And as soon as they started to hit that level and the competition got to that level, they standardized a lot of the evaluation things. So there's still, it's still up to the judge to some degree to read the dog and tell you whether or not he likes this dog's power and whether the dog's confident or these sorts of things, but they've standardized a lot of the evaluation tools. So I mentioned one earlier, which is they really care about how the dog grips. And in the, in the Schutzen session, a full, calm grip uh, with lacking, without noise is sort of the ideal in that world. And theoretically, because that was supposed to be a sign of confidence in the dogs. And the more you kind of hang around dogs, you realize that's not exactly the case. But because it became a sport, they had to make some evaluation tool. So they said, okay, full calm grips are good, right? It's the same thing with barking. Barking is one possible way of telling a mood in a dog. There are dogs that you can tell. Some dogs bark aggressively when they're aggressive, and they bark kind of high-pitched and yappier when they're in a prey chase mode or a play-type mode. Right? So some dogs, definitely it can be one of the cues or the clues to what's going on in a dog's head, in their state of mind and protection work. Um, but we find out that that's not always the case either, right? That tone of voice sometimes is just that in a dog. I had a dog, uh, one of my first Malinois, who uh, looked fantastic when he was barking, very, lots of energy, like, wow, wow, big, deep bark, lots of teeth, like, boom, power, incredible barking. Everybody was like, all the shits and judges were like, boom, super powerful barking, unbelievable dog, awesome. He barked exactly the same way if I held a tennis ball up like this or if he was doing protection work. That's just the way he barked. If you're sitting around in the living room with a piece of popcorn and I was going to throw it to him and I said, Lotar, speak, he'd go, rah, and he'd spit all everywhere. It's the same thing, right? It had nothing to do with his mood. That's just the way he barked, right? And then you'd see some very, very, very serious dogs that don't bark well at all. They kind of squeak and chirp and clack their teeth and they don't make much noise at all. And those dogs can be very serious, very strong. They're definitely in there to bite you. So the bark thing, again, has become one of those standardized things. It's not an absolute way of telling what's going on in a dog's head, but for Schutzen purposes, if your dog doesn't bark well, kind of continuously and powerfully, and with a good tone, you're not going to get good points in your hold and bark portion, which is a significant portion of your points in the protection work. So your dog comes in there and he's kind of intermittent in his barking and he's chirping or he's high-pitched or something, you're going to be penalized for that. So there are some interesting aspects of Schutzend as a sport that um, in the transition phases from the uh, breed suitability test that make it kind of difficult, right? And, we, and the thing is in protection work, a lot of our information about reading dogs is coming from the German system because they were the ones that, that took the time and they're... they're analytical people in general, like I think. So they basically took the time to break it down and talk about why. So a lot of the information we get and a lot of the literature that we get uh, in the, about protection work and reading dogs is coming from the German system. And in recent years, this, this is one of the problems. So I'm gonna, this is going to be one of the warning signs for us all, is that 
those things that are considered good in Schutzend aren't necessarily absolute indicators of what's going on in a dog's head. So just keep that in mind as we progress forward. The other thing about Schutzend is that it's, um, it's a very detail-oriented sport. So in terms of training innovation, in obedience, I think the Schutzen people currently in the world are driving the most innovation of any dog discipline in terms of obedience. So across the board. Like, so 10 or 15 years ago, I would have said it was competitive obedience handlers and AKC and, and other organizations like that, that the competitive obedience handlers were driving training innovation. But um, in recent years, the, they've changed the scoring in Schutzend that the dogs have to uh, be happy and show uh, intensity and speed and correctness, but they can't look pressured. The judging criteria has changed in recent years. So as a result, all kinds of new training techniques to motivate dogs and keep them motivated for extended periods of time and make them do things very correctly, very quickly, but animatedly without looking pressured, a lot of that innovation is coming out of the world of Schutzen. And there's some really, really good stuff about dog training in general and precision in dog training and motivation in dog training, separate from protection work, of course, that, uh, that's happening in, coming out of the Schutzen world. So they're driving a lot of the innovation, in, I think, in obedience methods especially. Right? And then, of course, they've, they, training has gotten so much better as well that people start to train for the aesthetics of Schutzen sport um, and we've developed a bunch of techniques that come out of that. So we'll talk about that when we start talking about techniques for some, like some of the, the common techniques used in protection work are borrowed from the Schutzen system. Holding the sleeve, carrying the sleeve after, the, after you've slipped the sleeve to the dog. So slipping the sleeve to the dog to let the dog know he won when he performed a good behavior. Uh, carrying the sleeve around, holding the sleeve. Some of these sorts of techniques, putting sleeve on the end of a line. Some of these techniques were developed um, to improve the aesthetics of a dog's biting in the Schutzen world. And there's a certain kind of dog that uh, we want to do that for and a certain kind of dog we don't want to do that for. But still, a lot of the innovation in making things look a certain way has also come from Schutzen, right? Because Schutzen is the most uh, aesthetically driven of all of our dog sports. So the others, and when we get into the ring sports, are a little more practical in that they make the exercises themselves very difficult, and then they uh, grade the dog on whether they did them or didn't do them, but not how they did them necessarily. And then in Schutzend, it's all about how they did it. Your dog has to do it, of course, but the, the, the difficult portion is how do they do it. Did they do it fast? Did they do it straight? Did they bite this way? Did they let go immediately? Did they bark immediately after they let go? All these little things, right? So the German system has a lot to do with um, our focus in protection and in obedience on aesthetics or how it looks. And they're very concerned with it. And some of the, the, um, uh, the techniques we developed are strictly those. Some of them have nothing to do with the dog doing, the dog doing better protection work, like really biting better or do that. It's how it looks. And we've, they have a lot of techniques based on that. So we want to keep that in mind as we go along. If you'd like to watch some of the free streaming videos that I have on my website, you can go to this web address now. I have a number of uh, free streaming training videos and then a number of product videos also.